0: Today's episode is brought to you by the end of the Overwatch League 2020 season. It's Hanukkah. And welcome to High Noon Podcast, the Competitive Overwatch Podcast. I am your host, The Blubbins. With me as always, is Deathblow. What's up, buddy?
1: Not too much, my man. What a weekend we just had. Whew.
0: Arguably, that was, Yeah.
1: That was an event, to say the least. Absolutely. Um, we'll be getting into the, the details of it throughout the episode, but um, yeah, I'm I'm even I was even surprised how little I was like bummed or affected by the timing of it. Um I didn't let myself dwell on it going into it, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like to know me is to know that I sleep for 14 to 16 hours at a time on weekends because I get like three and a half hours of sleep all week during the week. You make up for Um, it. and I make up for it. So like to me, it was like near impossible to have any hope of catching that stuff. Like what I would have needed to do to my sleep schedule would have been so drastic that Mm -hmm. it just didn't make any sense. But I was just able to you know wake up and and go to the broadcast and like you know put my hand over the top of right it like send it to my tv and rewind and i was i was good to go i usually did wake up with the the broadcast still ongoing uh, one of the days i was completely yeah. after the fact but um yeah overall it was just a phenomenal event um what, how about you were you bummed about the time how did it, um, how did it mess with you i I'm- know you were ahead of ahead of me at all times watching yeah
0: i was so i would i basically woke up and then was watching um essentially during work or like at the i guess it was i'm trying to think no yeah one of the days i I was um <clears throat> yeah i i like it was fine um one thing So one thing that they did well was on the actual YouTube page, they had, like, spoiler, like, in the title so that it would, like, prevent you from getting spoiled, essentially.
1: Yeah, but the thumbnail still had the two teams.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Like, I, I think, like, either do it all the way or, I guess, just don't try to do it at all. Because, like, if you give me the thought that, like, I might be safe going to the page, like, what they should have done was and maybe they can, maybe they can think about the formatting for this for next season is have like a tab, like, I don't know. Cause like, if you go to the overwatch, if you go to the overwatch league homepage, like I'd like there to be like a, either like a, a pop-up that's like, do you want to, you know, are you caught up? And then if you say no, you can go to like a spoiler free page and like sure. go to whatever week go to whatever match you want and like have it be like a hundred percent like hands washed like hazmat suit on spoiler free zone that you can go to and have it be you know you know overwatchleague.com slash not caught up or you know they can come up with a better name than that sure. but like have a place to go it's because like an you know, obviously we've been spoiled. Um, yes, we have, been. we've I'm been spoiled asking. being in the U S <laughs> and having the, the games be centered around us. And then also being at literally physically at the games. But you know, it, 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 now that we've <laughs> experienced it on the other end, like set up a place to like youtube.com slash overwatch, like have a playlist. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can do it with YouTube because you know, they have to fit within the confines of their own, uh, of, of YouTube's, uh, Age, but you sure. know, considering the size one of that thing, deal, like
1: one thing I will say, YouTube video thumbnails are editable after the video is live. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. have to define one and then stick right. with it forever. In fact, I change mine when I don't like the performance of a video. Sure, <laughs> you know, I, I talk to some people. And yeah, it can That's have a significant impact on on video performance. Mm-hmm. Um, And maybe that's really part of the problem is they're trying to, like, get the correct video, you know, performance by having the good thumbnail up there from the beginning. But um, at least for, like, some amount of of leeway or or overlap time or Mm -hmm. something. But maybe that's the thing to do is a a hub on the website, you know. Downplay how important the youtube pages at least for that event in that circumstance because right. this is a problem that's never going away right it'll just right. affect individuals some years or more so some years than other years right. etc because it's it's a global league right like right. they can put it in europe and it's going to have a unique set of time constraints and, and schedules that'll impact different right. people in different ways and so yeah i think it's definitely an area it's and first of all, it's phenomenal that this is like where all of my complaints on the weekend are coming from. <laughs> right. Um, right. So great job to them. I, I loved uh the whole feel of the broadcast. Uh everything down to the virtual stage that they were on. Yeah, I wanted to talk um, about that actually. Yeah, would it go ahead. Experience
0: well, something. I thought it was I thought it was an interesting um it was cool, like the the fact that you had like, you know, it made you feel like they were at a, at a desk. The one thing I didn't like that I thought was a little awkward was like, they clearly told the talent to like, Oh, look over. Like you're actually looking at the person that's not actually there. And like, I was a little bit like, I get what they're going for, but like, I don't, I don't think it really you gained anything by doing that. Like when, when, Zoe's like talking and like looking up, like she would be looking at reinforce but actually he's over here like it's just a little awkward a very small thing like you can kind of take that back like we get it you're not actually in a sure you're not actually there I, you don't need to go that far into it
1: i guess that makes sense i really didn't analyze or concern myself with that aspect of it all which to me says a they did a really good job of it if i didn't notice it um, yeah and B, I Loki just kind of thought they were in like a temporary recording studio that maybe just like that the three of them oh. went together, but like in their own separate little recording booths, so it didn't look good on camera to like show the, them. Side if by that's side the case,
0: and, then I get, I would get that sound,
1: soundproof booths or whatever. That's possible, um, actually. So that they, I thought when they looked, they actually were looking over at one another, but that is then possible. The question of where was Zoe? Right, because she was back in in sweden switzerland i don't remember sorry sorry. yeah uh, but uh you know she was back home and then but presumably like she couldn't work when she was there but then she did a little bit she like found a connection so maybe she was still just back home and and just had stable enough internet to to work i, I really don't know um but either way i thought they did a really really good job yeah. the only thing that i thought was missing and let's be honest i was in vods i was i was skipping around some of the some of the Actual broadcast right. stuff because it's so stressful when you're behind, right? You're like, Oh, my phone went off. Is it the Discord? Channel? Right, somebody posts something in the memes, the memes right. channel in the Discord that's going to ruin this match for me. So, like, I would skip over some of that stuff, and I, every shot that had Jake's like ascot or bandana or whatever the heck he was wearing, I had to skip right. Over <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was just like. A, a lot of skipping around for me mm-hmm. but i what i did watch of that kind of aspect of it um i don't know i just thought they did a really good job of it the only thing i yeah. wanted more of was golden boy and maybe i missed some of the mc stuff but most of what i saw was like the guess the map and like yeah i, no, I, I wanted golden boy like you yeah had the screens to, for the player camps turn them on one at a time i wanted golden boy calling out the right names. And then I wanted striker flexing in the camera right. when turned on, you know, I want, I wanted uh, right. virtual walkouts in its own way. And, um, I thought there could have maybe been a little more with that, but, uh, and then how do you do that with golden boy, not being there, do you superimpose him onto it with a green screen? And there's no way that looks right all the time. Well, might yeah. look okay. Most of the time, but I don't know. Dr. Disrespect can
0: do it so, pretty well. Yeah. Like, you know, he's got he's got him riding in the Lamborghini down to a T like the the Overwatch League team should be able to do it. Like, you know, Fair enough. I've thought Fair that enough. he was in the locker room multiple times. No. Uh, yeah, no, I, for, to me, it felt like Golden Boy was 100 percent pre-recorded to me. That's what it felt yep. like. Um. So like he probably wasn't able to be there at all. So like it was 100 percent like we've got the. Golden Boy was essentially just bumpers to the event, which is mm-hmm. kinda I mean, lame, but also like you know it's
1: better than no golden boy, yeah, hundred
0: percent hundred percent,
1: but because um, i I love and miss that man uh, on the broadcast regularly, yep. but mm-hmm. um yeah, uh, uh, listen yeah those are those are our complaints, little nitpicky That's how things, yeah <laughs> and um, and nonsensical they are to the overall grand scope of things, so why don't we push in and talk about some actual? On stage, on fake stage, uh, match specifics here.
0: Yeah, let's let's get into it. It's tournament talk. So we started off the Grand Finals with a preview of the Grand Finals. Soul Dynasty versus San Francisco Shock. San Francisco, of course, took that one down three to two. And yes, it's easy to look back and say, "Oh, well, this was the precursor to what would eventually be the grand final match, but I mean this at the time this this set a uh a precedent, this really like hey, soul is legit, yeah, they were the I believe the lowest seed or the worst record coming into uh worst regular season record coming into the event, but like by
1: far, yep.
0: yeah, by far, but I mean." We've said it before, like regular season. Yeah, that's great. That's fine. If you want to look at like the spread of like over time, which team was statistically the best? Yeah. Okay, cool. Get get your your honorary medal for that. That's irrelevant when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to the grand finals. It's like Seoul came to show up. And I mean, this was kind of what... You know, if you're not, if you know, you're a San Francisco fan or any one of these other fans besides Soul, that's what you're afraid of. Is when you see the, you know, the ugly duckling turn into the the the, the beautiful swan. When you see the upstart, when you see the dark horse running towards you, that's scary. It's not the. I mean, yes, the the dominant team is going to be scary, but you already know that that's coming. Like that is un, that's yeah, you know not what a...
1: you're getting from them when you line up across from them. Exactly. Soul represented. Uh, a level up an, an unknown a wild card a, something to fear yeah a true wild card in this scenario mm-hmm. and that has proven to be the achilles heel of a lot of uh, elite teams and other sports uh, i know there was a stretch in the nfl where the sixth seed was like i mean that's where you it's where you wanted to be right? right sure you had to play an extra game sure every single one of your games was on the road but Last three years, the six seeds showing up in the Super Bowl, yeah. whether they wanted, i don't think they were in like a Super Bowl-winning scenario—but yeah, it was like six seeds had, had made it a few years running. Yeah, and, um, it, it got some attention, and yeah, it's—and we we talk about it every year in the season, and I talked about it a lot with Philly going into it, and I'll put a pin in that rant. For a minute. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's about—it's not about—is it right to? Bench Carpe for Hisu in Week 14. It's about getting Hisu ready, so that way if you need him in the Grand Finals, that he's there, right? Because that's when it's important to be playing at your best. When the postseason gets there and it's lose and go home, Um, that's when you need to be at your absolute best. And Seoul showed that as they already had, to be honest, previously, Mm -hmm. Um, at least you know a handful of that roster had uh, when they won with london in season one so yeah it was uh a great tournament obviously for them um oh, yeah. but why don't we why don't we go day by day here through okay the results and go from there so what was it uh yeah. just the first two in day one
0: i believe so so the other match was shanghai beating philadelphia three to zero
1: yeah um Oh, let's, let's keep a pin in it. Let's keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So of course that means our losers bracket is going to be Seoul versus Philly and Philly, you know, they didn't decide to put up a win in this event. <laughs> they they did not get anything three zero for soul.
1: Let's go ahead and take that pin out and let's talk <laughs> about the Philadelphia fusion, uh, man, uh philly fans i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to earmuffs uh honestly (laughs) i I was a little heated um after they they were out and after they were done uh they showed so much promise they leveled up so much and we talked and we did the preview episodes Mm -hmm. and we gave them every benefit of the doubt you are what your record says you are um you know th- their performance in the actual postseason prior mm-hmm. to the grand finals was fine. This was the same patch. pretty good. Uh, yeah, they they did very well. I mean, they they lost ended the out Washington seed.
0: right. They ended the uh, Washington reign of of uh, injustice. Right. Yeah. If I recall absolutely. correctly. Yeah.
1: And so they looked like they had a plan uh, for the meta. It was very dive based. I mm-hmm. thought that really fit what they were doing and what their roster wanted to be. I I thought that put Sato in the best opportunity to succeed. And then they show up, and if my memory serves against Shanghai, they played Sato the whole time. And they went to the Roadhog compositions, and it just didn't work for them. And now, in their defense, everybody went to the Roadhog compositions. So... My main beef is that they didn't do it in the main post season. It just felt so backwards to me that, hey, all the best teams are playing dive. And all the bottom tier had latchers on, the yeah. hangers on the the hopefuls, yeah, switched to the roadhog because it was a little overtuned in the numbers department. Mm-hmm. but it really just looked like, I mean, since every single one of the best teams, And every single team that qualified, except for the soul dynasty, every single one of them was playing dive. So in what universe is dive, not the correct composition to run. I just, I don't understand. Hey, so we've got to play against all these bad teams and they're playing against the thing that we think is correct, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to play it because we're afraid that if we mirror match the bad teams, we're going to lose to them. So we're going to play a suboptimal composition because we play it a little better. We've been practicing it for I don't know, you've been in Hero Pools forever. If you right. you've been practicing one thing for how long, I don't I don't know what you what you were paying attention to. So they like every single one of these teams handcuffed themselves and and handicapped themselves to play a worse composition through the postseason. I just didn't get and didn't they have a month or something? Like there was a break after the regular season right. ended. I I I heard all the talk about it was going to be, you know, we were going into the road hog and it just, I gave the teams the benefit of the doubt. And I, I kind of, my analysis, my everything was really centered around, it's going to be dive based Mm -hmm. because it logically that was the only way for it to go. Like all the teams that saw success, saw success playing dive. Sure. Maybe some maps here, there, they dabbled into the road hog. The high ground's not super important, whatever it was. Um, you know, there was times San Francisco switched to it a little bit to beat Washington, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. But, you know, mirror matching somebody when you're losing and then being better than them, that's exactly what I'm outlining. Right. Right. So, There was no reason to me that they were off of what they thought was the best composition. I don't know what would have happened throughout the course of the event that would have made them change their mind, considering all the dive teams were the the ones that won out, obviously, except for Seoul. And I really think that was a big contributing factor to what happened here with the Philadelphia Fusion, Mm -hmm. is they then had to switch to this composition that didn't suit them quite as well um and by had to i mean they 100 chose to i don't think right. they were by any means obligated or you know not even right in the sense of rules but just in terms of yeah. performance looking at it it was it was absolutely a voluntary choice to do that uh they did it in a way nobody else did it and that was to bench their main tank player um everybody else had their main tank player play the Roadhog. Uh, and I think the reason for that is, is, the Roadhog in those compositions functions very similar to how a main tank functions. Uh-huh. He just has a big fat belly instead of a big fat shield. <laughs> um, so you're still playing around a lot of natural cover. And I uh-huh. think that's what you saw a lot of the other main, you know, that's how you saw stand one do it. That's how you saw super do it. That's how you saw Smurf do it. Cause they did play San Francisco did play both main tanks a little bit, Um But Philly has to, can't play Sato in that spot. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I, I talked about it going into it. If there's a weakness on this, on the Philadelphia roster, it was, it was Sato. And listen, there's going to be some negativity surrounding Sato coming up. And I want to preface it by saying, This is not me repeating what I said last year and Uh saying it's the same thing. This is a very different conversation. This is a conversation where Sato's established himself as a viable, bare minimum league, you know, average in the league, main Uh tank player, something that last year, I would have never put him in that category. I wouldn't have thought it possible. He's proven me wrong already now we're talking about sato on a championship contender that goes to grand finals and i thought in every single matchup there was a a, a main tank difference mm-hmm. in those philadelphia fusion lineups when you know yes he still had the best support line in the world there trying to like bail him out and but like he was less valuable as a flanker playing ball than gesture was on roadhog and like that granted roadhog can flank and and that was definitely the style gesture wanted to play but that's a hundred percent of what the wrecking ball does he was right. completely invalidated on any role that was even remotely outside of winston or or reinhardt uh to the point where they they couldn't play him on it and he didn't i don't think maybe map one but otherwise didn't touch the um the stage for philly against soul in the losers bracket there and I, it was a little bit what I said. He was going to be out of his depth. When you separate all of the Bostons and the Washingtons and the Houstons and, you know, go to the other region if you want to, the Changdu's, mm-hmm. the Hangzhou's, the teams that just lacked, that weren't able to really regularly compete with with the top teams. Once it became a battle of elite versus elite and the mm-hmm. best versus the best, Philly was able to be exposed. Starting with the, the tank position. Yep. Um, now Philly also completely harshed themselves. I have railed endlessly about this particular roster choice—the choice to decide in grand finals when your your whole season's on the line—that your best, most clutch, absolutely dominant MVP nominee yeah. for, on the DPS category, your Widowmaker All Star—that's done things on the hero that we wouldn't believe possible had we not seen carpe do them to decide that suddenly he sues your widowmaker player is a travesty it is borderline locking farah in your playoff match against the boston uprising with no backup plan i said it on twitter they absolutely harshed themselves they just shot themselves in the foot the coaching staff i'm appalled we gave the man coach of the year after that decision right. right there alone um listen making do acknowledging finally that maybe sato's not the best main tank in the world and there's a better option for you um better late than never i guess right so that's not i guess too big of a strike on the coaching staff if he if he can't play the hog he can't play the hog but right. if he's as good of an overwatch player if he's as good of a tank player as we've been sold um, by the coaching staff, by all the talk about how the team loves them, the team believes in them. Well, you know what? Their job's not general manager. Their job's not talent scout. Their right. job's not head coach. Um, let your players play. Let your coaches coach. And um, so they they take him out. They they take Carpe out, and they were just lost. I mean, they didn't have the clutch ability anymore. He didn't even play poorly. The team just played poorly. Mm. Um, they they just felt and looked so unprepared uh, to stand on that stage against the best teams in the league and i was glad i found it before last episode because it really made up my mind that i didn't have philly as a, a serious finals participant contender mm-hmm. in my mind because they just constantly failed against the elite teams when they got yep. the chance they were like one and four against san francisco but they lost to paris when paris was on the up because the meta really suited them like they would lose to the the teams that popped up and, and were elite in specific metas, right if not across the board as well and it just
0: they're the gatekeeper always
1: it, <laughs> yeah and, and they just the never doors always actually belonged they yeah. were just propped up by the fact that especially at the beginning of the year how many times did they play against houston how bad was right. Houston at the beginning of the year? Right. Uh, how many times did they play against Boston? How many times did they play against Washington? Yeah. Those are the teams that were in the immediate, well, maybe not Houston, but those are the teams Houston didn't part, Like, I think they were pushed into the East coast group anyway, right. They, leave them out because they even got better over the year. And I don't know that they fall into the, like they were the anti-clutch team, but they mm-hmm. were good anyways. Um, at times anyway that's this isn't about that but they were just <laughs> locked into matchups against like the Boston's and the Washington's right. and the, the bad teams so often that it really inflated their record yeah, and just made them look uh, good yeah yeah and if the if the regions were together i don't think they would have had an you know the number 2 seed overall uh, no. i think they would have been tested more than enough especially after seeing the, this weekend play out and what exactly you know playing against elite competition with with stakes um did to them uh, it it just really really demolished them like they it was a rough rough outing so my heart goes out to you Philly fans i've certainly been there uh in my my sporting career as a fan um rooting for a team that that looked good and then when it it mattered just didn't show up but yep. um man it's they they really need to look at things and listen if they're okay being a team that makes it into the playoffs and never actually accomplishes anything then i think they're fine where they are but uh, we're right back to where we were last year with this roster. Right. If they're just going to keep Sato and they're just going to keep subbing Carpe out for average to above average replacement level players mm-hmm. from their bench, um, they there's a fundamental philosophical problem in Philadelphia, Yeah, one that doesn't stop them from winning in the regular season. It doesn't stop them from being considered a good team, but it it stops them from being more than a footnote more than an afterthought and it's going to keep them from being an actual legitimate championship contender uh it's it's funny too because i i kind of went on twitter and like i said i was i was hot after the the first two days i like it was it was funny and that's how good the matchups were yeah they got my blood going and it's a it's a very good thing that my reaction was that way but all the other things we were sold you know like shanghai is the best team in in the league and it's not close right where, where did this show up or right is better than na I went, sorry but like that's not how it played out and like you can't keep repeating this refrain over and over again for narrative's sake just to have it blow up like you, you gotta have something to base it off of and right thankfully i think that's a problem that goes away um we're not going to be separated by regions probably ever again i mean who knows how long the COVID crisis lasts. Maybe we start the year that way next year. Hopefully not. But, um, you know, it's – you'll always have the common opponent metric to look at when the league's all together. Um, You'll always have the heads-up matchups against everybody by the end of the regular season that everybody plays everybody at least once, I think. So there will be some actual legitimate measuring sticks. So I don't mean to, like – put anybody specifically on blast for saying Shanghai was the best team there there was reasons to think it I watched them play too but to say it with certainty and and as many times as was said right um, at the end for it to just fall so completely short and to to be told you know I mean God Frito's posted on Twitter once about how Sato might not be might not be uh, an elite main tank and like got blasted I mean just people were furious right Um and like it did did you look because at no point did I think his performance was there and then to see in the big stage it line up and they're taking him out and like it's just everything was so narrative driven this season and almost by necessity because it you didn't have three elite teams in any region mm-hmm. right like New York could have gotten there and then given Asia three of them with Guangzhou on the up but it just it never materialized so there it was always a battle of two it felt like um with an occasional surprise here or there but uh, like i don't know i just i didn't see a lot of people predicting san francisco going into this weekend and especially with the the benefit of hindsight and and how perfect that is it is Man, what an insult to the defending champs! Right. right, that like got the one seed out of their region, yeah. and came in and had done it before. Like, how how did we? How did people doubt that? How did people doubt Krusty and and the the coaching staff and yeah. and the roster that had proven it and done it and and never never really fallen off? I mean, sure, there was some metas that looked like it didn't perfectly suit them, but never one where they did poorly or yeah. anything. Then they like were that. down
0: to a plus tier and not S plus tier.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. and it, it, it was, it's just crazy to me that we, we let ourselves get carried away by the fact that the regions were, were separated. And we, we let the fact that like, there's a lot of Korean players playing on the NA side of things, make us oh. really believe that the teams were so much better yeah. over there and like it's just that everything's been integrated like it's not that way anymore and and physically where their cities are located isn't going to make much of a difference it's it's going to come down to talent on the roster and coaching not the the region you play in or the the division you're in it's yeah it's it's going to come down to that and the the sooner and you'll never completely shed narratives uh they're too valuable to broadcast they're too appealing um but you know, we we should also be able to recognize, I think, when they're being fed to us and and forced fed to us, and that's really what it felt like. Well, oh. um, again, with the benefit of hindsight.
0: Yeah. Well, the, here's the thing about the about narratives is that they're great, and and everything you said about them is true. But the thing, the 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 fact of the matter is that you have to throw them away when they're not good anymore, right? Like when they are, when fact and what has and and results spits in the face of narrative you had to throw it out like you can't be talking in the San Francisco versus Seoul grand finals about how Shanghai could have been uh, zero to hero right like that's you know there's no reason to say to talk about that anymore and what was interesting was that even after San Francisco wins there's still the talk about how Asia was about how the Asia region was better and like Maybe like, maybe that's true. If you like, you can you can make that argument if you want to, you know, change what metrics you're looking at. Sure, if you want to look at like pound for pound, yeah, there's fewer teams and those teams are better. At, like. Those teams as a whole are better if you're factoring in all of the N.A. region teams. Sure. I mean, Boston and, you know, Boston and Toronto and, and Houston at times are going to throw that off. Sure. Congratulations. The, the thing about it and, and the thing about picking your narratives and when you what you should be pushing and talking about is like that's not a relevant thing to, to talk about. Who cares? But what does it matter if N.A. is better or or the Asia region is better? What matters is who is hoisting the trophy at the end of the season. The regions being different is an irrelevant thing. There's no, like, that's not what we're, that's not what the season is about. That's not what any season has ever been about. It's, it's for any sport for that matter, like, yeah, maybe the, you know, the AFC East or I'm make I'm making stuff up. I don't know any, I don't know. Maybe, you know, this region or that region is better or stacked. I know that the AL East in in baseball for years was always way better. And like you could have like a suboptimal record in the national league and make it to the playoffs and end up facing against teams that had way better records, Um, you know, in the world series or something like that it doesn't matter what region was better or not. It matters what team was better in this game or not. And yes, you can talk about the narratives and you can talk about how, um, you know, maybe Asia was stronger. It's irrelevant. It does not matter because San Francisco at the end of the day takes it down. They beat Shanghai. They beat Seoul. They beat, they beat both of the teams that came here, uh, that came, uh, into the finals from that region and they end up being the best. So, Can can you make the argument that the Asia Asia region is stronger? Sure. But is that relevant? Absolutely not. Um, It's just
1: kind of a stupid argument. Um, Because if you're not talking about the top end of the region, then what are you bothering to to talk about? And that, that to me, is what it comes down to. Because you're right that Asia didn't have a a Boston. It didn't have a a Washington. Um, It it didn't have those bottom-end teams. But it also might have had they not been separated because when you're one of those bottom end teams and you're forced to play against the same opponent over and over and over again, you learn the opponent, you're not a better team, but you're better against that opponent because of your experience in facing them. And that gives you the opportunity to maybe earn some upsets that Boston didn't have the chance to earn because they were spread out playing against, you know, 14 teams or I can't remember exactly. It was broken up. Um, and, it's it's too funny to me. You mentioned people kind of kind of clinging to the narratives after the fact and and still trying to justify them. And I'm I, I'm just gonna call it out directly because why not? But like Yiska commented on my hot Twitter post ab- yeah. about it, and with just like with the coldest take I've ever seen, three playoff matches doesn't isn't a good indicator of overall regional strength. It's like, what are you talking about? The only time we see a team from NA play <sighs> against a team from from APAC, we can't use those those are the ones we can't use we've got to go back and look at when na played against na 400 times and korea played against korea 600 times that's ridiculous it doesn't make a stop clinging to the narrative when you're wrong about it you have to throw it away and disregard it we cling to narratives too and then i rail about narratives in the next five minutes of the episode but like it's it's about everybody uses them everybody clings to them you formulate them in your own mind and when they're in your own mind and it's your opinion you don't think of it as a narrative and i think that's where it it really comes up but you have to be willing to like throw it out when it and when it's just proven wrong and yeah even in the short term i mean we can use these matchups to determine who the champion of the league is but to use it to to point to regional strength is is, doesn't make any sense like come on well I
0: also about? I also think that regional strength is just an irrelevant thing to be talking about. It was about.
1: always stupid, but you had to talk yeah. about it because they were split.
0: Well, yeah. But well, kind of, but also like the regional strength argument is irrelevant when it, like yeah. We, we, I don't want to beat a dead horse. on it because I do not right. think it was the
1: valuable and, use and of airtime I don't price. want
0: to beat a dead horse because obviously NA greater than Asia because NA has the trophy uh GG. It's uh nice but here the, the, the last thing I'll say about it is I think and I, I I think we are still and by we I mean esports content creators and just esports fans in general are still very new to the sports narrative in general, right? As a community, as a whole, we're still very new. And we're because it's not just, it's not just, oh, well, we need to get to the point, we need to get to the place that traditional sports are. In some ways, we do, but it's also like we are growing the same way, or we're growing, we're growing like traditional sports did, you know, a hundred years ago, but we're growing in very different ways. So we're not always going to reach the same conclusions. But I do think we're going to reach a lot of the same conclusions and get to a lot of the same spots. It's just, you're not sure where you're going to end up. Um, so I and, think
1: and when we get there, I'll still be whining about narratives. Well, sure. There's one in, there's one in football now. And it's that Kirk cousins is like terrible or anti clutch in, in prime time, right? Like he's, he's got no clutch ability. And like last night I watched a football game in primetime. He goes down three minutes left on the clock, scores a touchdown to yeah. put his team ahead. And oh. then like they go for it on a fourth down and they call a run play and now the, the the run play doesn't work and the other team goes down and scores on them. So like because they failed on a run play, because the coach didn't kick a field goal, and because the other quarterback like how is that Minnesota's right. quarterback's fault that well, Seattle's people, quarterback won the game? Like, yeah, it's, people it's don't
0: think is the thing yeah. when they're doing that, which is part of the reason why they're bad. But I I, I think the notion lives in esports more so than in traditional sports that they want the underdog to win. And I think it has something to do endemically with gamers and, you know, being the underdog and not being the sp and like hating the winner. Like, I think that there's, I think there's some nascent amount of that where it's like, Oh, I, I think that's why people rallied around Shanghai so much. Do you think like, look at the Cleveland Browns, for instance, right? They
1: four and one Cleveland Browns. I see you, Thorn Rain. I'll give you credit when you deserve it. But what it's was it? Rare. Two
0: seasons yeah. ago, they went zero and thirteen or whatever. They didn't win a game.
1: Uh, th- two or three seasons ago, something like that. So yeah, some
0: number seasons of seasons three. ago, didn't win a game. Same same percentage record as the Shanghai Dragons. Were people up? Were were like were people lauding them? And were people brought to tears when the Cleveland Browns won their first game the season after that? I'm imagining. Very few people were, if any, probably not anyone. Um and, and yes, Thorn I well, Thorn oh. Rain probably was. <laughs> and yes, I know different scenarios that it was the first win in franchise history. I get that, but I think that there is a clinging on to the underdog in esports, um, inherently more so than in traditional sports. And that's okay, but what you need to learn to do is Value that for what it is, not inherently grasp onto it and say, oh, well, you know, they're the champions, but guess what? They haven't played against Shanghai, and Shanghai and Seoul are better because they're in the better region. But then when San Francisco went, like, what could possibly, like, were these playoffs? Okay, I'm done. I'm not beating a dead horse anymore. We, we, I... Going back in and getting re upset about it. So I know I could do, I could do, I keep, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to end it there. Let us know what you think in the comment section below or in the Discord, discord.me slash high noon podcast because I think it's interesting and I think, I think it, it, you really got to take a, a, look in the mirror and see is that what you're doing and is it valuable are you talking about things that are relevant but um okay so well we kind of skipped over some of the matches we, all quick.
1: We we're in we're in the middle of two segments right now so read the rest of tournament talk yes and then we'll just go into break it
0: down. yeah okay so um we saw okay Seoul beat philly three to zero then on the winner's side san francisco beat shanghai three to two uh, then the losers, uh, losers finals goes into Shanghai, uh, sorry, Seoul beating Shanghai three to two. And then the grand finals, San Francisco takes out Seoul four to two. And there yeah. are our grand finals champions who apparently aren't good. At, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing <laughs> it again. I'm not, I'm not reopening that wound.
1: Um, all right. So we covered the Philly meltdown yes we did um let's talk about and we did kind of touch a little bit on the the shanghai disappointment but i do want to talk and discuss a little bit about maybe what happened is obviously this is a different caliber of letdown than, right. than philly was um they they lost to the eventual champs yep which is always understandable sure uh and then they lost to the seoul dynasty who were the the hot team mm-hmm. um this was i think the way the meta developed this is a little bit this, a similar case to me with philly and like why did you leave dive why did you take fearless one of your best players throughout the season off the off the field off the stage and put him in on the bench in favor of stand one just because his road hog was better when you proved you didn't need Roadhog to beat other Roadhog compositions throughout an entire playoffs, uh-huh. So I do think that factors into it, but let's say you're on board with everybody switching to Roadhog and think that's correct. Um, I think that did leave them a little bit underclassed in the main tank department, uh, similar to what it did to Philadelphia. Stand one was solid. He looked pretty good, but I think he was maybe the fourth best of five qualifying Roadhog players in the mm-hmm, tournament. Mm-hmm, San Francisco mm-hmm. played with two of them. Um, you know, Gesture was probably the best of them um i thought his performance was was absolutely outstanding and i think that in the three to two close matchup i would i would give gesture the nod and the the main Mm -hmm. tank difference is the reason why uh they were able to close out the losers bracket side of things with that three to two win there um i thought shanghai also did a lot that was really really strong um i really liked their decision to go to diem uh i talked a lot throughout the season about like where is DM? Where is Ding? You had one of the best DPS duos. I want to see those guys, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to see them integrate with the new additional talent of Fleta and Lip. Um, and I thought DM performed very, very well uh, in in the matchups that he he had. I thought they brought in, they benched Fleta, they benched their MVP at times, and from performance, from what I saw, this wasn't a, a Philly situation because as good as Fleta is, he doesn't have that inherent clutch factor that we talk about right. with our profit and maybe I'm underrating it a little bit but there didn't seem to be any drop off when Lip came in to play Hanzo. Right. He was lights out on the hero. So I thought those those swaps were spot on. Um again if I'm making comp critiques or or have any issues there it's going to the Roadhog style instead of the dive it's it's none of the individual player stuff that they did. Um so yeah I, really hard to discount i think the the constant refrain i had with this team and really why i didn't pick them you really saw them collapse in big moments again um yeah. their their inability to be clutch really reared its head and and it happens only in these super super high stakes moments but i really thought that was a defining reason why they lost and there was a Shang nine there it was early on in the the soul match it certainly happened i think they may have won the map anyways so it was okay it was one mm-hmm. of the, the cough rounds um but you could see it and lee jai gone for as phenomenal as he's been all year long and how alarms presence really robbed that man of a rookie of a year award mm-hmm. um man he was feeding for a little bit there like he just was so aggressive and he jump onto high ground as lucio and like try to 1v6 uh the the soul dynasty and and it just pretty regularly got him beaten up um and then he he also managed to flip a switch and it wasn't a problem later and maybe it was going to the mercy but he was like even he was aggressive there i mean it's his style it's great but it's got to be calculated it's got to be an intelligent aggression you've got to pick your spots to be aggressive and Mm -hmm. maybe the start of a cough round with six people standing on the high ground and your team on the low ground is the wrong time to be super aggressive and and go for the the big play and um that was something that did fix itself over time but i mean early mistakes add up and early mistakes give a team like soul momentum and confidence and the ability to really get in get in their own head about it right like when you're a 12 and 12 team going to the grand finals you've got part of you's got to be like we're outmatched what are we doing like this isn't this isn't gonna work like even if you're not saying it or even if you don't really there's some small part of you that that has that it's what i talked about with san francisco like how does a team beat them attack them early you've got to get them on the ropes you've got to get them second guessing themselves um and i do think shanghai with some of their early mistakes allowed Seoul to get in that headspace where we're going to win this one. This is ours to to take down. Um, So yeah, I don't know. What did you, what did you think about Shanghai overall performance here?
0: I I think look at, look at who they lost. I mean, yes, it was a disappointment if you're coming in as a Shanghai fan, because they were certainly billed to be a grand final contender. If not, if not favored again, I'm not opening that can of worms again, but certainly a, a, a uh, popular pick for a favorite. Look at who they lost to San Francisco again, reigning champions right now. They've been at the top of the Overwatch League for a long time now. And then the Soul Dynasty, which again, record being a little wonky um, and, and you talked extensively about that, but notably death have a handful of former champions on the team as well. And we've talked about it we talked about it before. Like, yes, you're not on a stage physically, but you are in a very, very high pressure scenario. More so than any of, uh, more so than anyone that, uh, that Shanghai has been in thus far, right? You're at the highest level of overwatch possible. Um, Seoul at least has a core that's been there. San Francisco literally was there last year and dominated. So, some of those nerves, like you're getting rid of some of it. And like, if it doesn't need to be a complete and utter explosion, like Philly, not winning a single uh, map, it can be a little thing here, a a Shang nine at the beginning, a flip of a map that could have been a W a little thing here that is caught and like, and maybe is corrected throughout the course, but like, look at the, they lost three, two, both times, right? You flip one of those maps you flip two maps total and they're all of a sudden in the championship or actually winning the championship. I mean, depending on what you do, but like could be potentially fighting for the championship. Right? So it's not like a huge, well, uh, they've never been here. They come, they are completely outclassed and they lost everything because they didn't, you know, they forgot to, you know, set their keyboards, right? It's not something like that. It's the little things like, Hey, you're in a high pressure scenario and a play that they run or maybe a, a shot that they hit 10 out of 10 times during the regular season is off a, a point where they're on, the, you know, the, when they're on the uh, a spot on the map where they're on the point 10 out of 10 times during the regular season, maybe they're off and that's enough to flip it. And again, when you're losing by razor thin margins, literally three to two, both of their games. I mean, yes, you can, you can look at it. As you can look at it specifically and and say that maybe some of the the coaching decisions were off, but I would not discount the the fact that it's like, hey, this is their first time at this level of pressure, and it's it was only little things that that threw them off. So I mean, I think you know Shanghai still a- amazing performance, uh, and a- a- going to be a fantastic team. Uh, I mean at least as we would imagine them looking in next season. A lot of the teams are kind of cleaning house right now, but I I mean a really good performance on the season uh, and uh, looking to potentially be a a pretty big contender moving forward. But yeah, I think, yeah, little, I think they're
1: uniquely suited. I mean, to just touch back on Philly, like there's changes I would recommend Philly make to their roster. Um, I don't know that that's really, uh, really the case here with, with shanghai yeah i think they can potentially move some pieces right like if you have a player like lip and you have a full season in front of you and you think you you know he's pretty close to dm and widow in your mind and you know i your coaches can work with him, can get him up to snuff on it i i think they can maybe move some pieces and and change some things around but as far as their core of their team goes um, I think you're keeping Fearless. I, I think you're keeping Void. I think you're mm. keeping your your backline. You can maybe try to upgrade from Iziaki, but again, I, I wouldn't lose him because I think right. he, his Zenyatta play is so good and so mechanically strong that you want to have him around for when the meta suits him, but maybe you want the two good flex support situation that Sh- uh, San Francisco has shown since they, they signed uh, Twilight there. So, yeah, they, they're they definitely in, a I think, a solid spot, and it just didn't come together for them this time. I, I really do um, tend to agree with that, but I, I was still a little let down, right? Like, I just, I, I really wanted that San Francisco versus Shanghai final, and after it went to five the first time, it just, it really felt like we were about to get it, and then it just, I don't know, I was, I was just a little... Disappointed, but yeah. not in their performance and in the way I was with with Philly. They didn't, mm-hmm. you know, they they acquitted themselves well. They showed up. They put on a show. They they didn't fall flat. It just didn't work.
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, it's 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 razor thin. It's just little things, but yeah, certainly not the performance that a Shanghai fan wanted going in to this event. But overall, a, a good performance. Um, I mean death we've kind of we've we've touched on it in in a lot of the other subjects but maybe just to to bring it all together i mean san francisco back to back the two time really i mean not two-time. the two time uh i think dominant in the sense that they i mean you can't go back to back world championships without being a dominant force but not necessarily like they didn't 3-0 the whole thing like they did to uh Vancouver in the finals.
1: Um yeah, San Francisco it's they they just get it. Yeah. They just the m- mentally scouting, mm-hmm. coaching, top down. They are the gold standard model of what an Overwatch League team should be and and how they should they should act how they should perform you know everything about it down to the swagger the arrogance the all that stuff that comes with winning that you earn the right to do when you win their ability to recognize weaknesses and and there's one thing i can really criticize on this team two things i can think to criticize one on the season and then one on the weekend um and it's just it didn't matter because they're so well coached they were so well prepared Mm -hmm. that they were able to overcome it but i thought getting rid of architect opened up a serious gap in their hero pools and on dps we've talked about it before it wasn't relevant to this weekend so we're not going to go deep into it or really mention it more than that the other thing i didn't really care for was their composition plan didn't change throughout the weekend but hmm. it was smurf against uh, the the soul dynasty uh the whole time i'm double checking Ah oh, havana super came in and he played one map in the first match and mm-hmm. so if your hero pools aren't changing then why are you swapping your main tanks That's, that's one thing I really didn't get. And it's not a question you have to answer when you, when you win. (laughs) Um, So it's just a curiosity, something that I'm going to um, wonder about personally. Mm -hmm. And I also think it signals a roster change that's going to happen for this team. They're not coming in the next season with both of these players. Um, No problem. The value of smurf of smurf (laughs) smurf. Uh, smurf and um super are, are too high yeah. they can make up too much money they can acquire too much talent in yep. other other positions yep. or spots by letting one of these players go um so i fully expect them to do that now next week we're going to catch up on all the free agent stuff we're we're missing and that we haven't talked about over the last two weeks uh we're also there was a reddit comment from john Spector saying they're going to put out that roster contract status blog post next week um we're also recording late next week so fingers crossed we have that information uh by the time we record and then we'll just do a free agency i mean uh, we we might as well just plan
0: the episode around that because it's if we're going to do the yeah. free agency if it, so
1: if it's later in the week we we might record late in the week or something yep. no it's the off season we can record and do whatever record we record
0: whenever we want <laughs> um, <no. laughs>
1: so keep an eye out for that um feel free to ask us in discord if you're looking for it et cetera. Et cetera. but um yeah i mean there's there's going to be some changes there but uh i i mean how much more can i say nice about this man but i thought Choi Hyobin was just the reason that they're so dominant yet again when i watch them play it's constant his ability to perform on whatever the off tank is whatever they need from him he's top three on all of them it it was diva in the the regular postseason and then it was sigma this time around and he just is so consistently incredible for this team i i talk about him like the glue that holds it all together and that's what i saw again this past time around Mm -hmm. Um, I also thought Stryker was was I mean, he was the grand finals MVP. Yep. So that that in and of itself speaks to how um great of a performance he had. Um but yeah, I, I mean, top down the the whole roster performed great. I thought Violet should have been in consideration for that. Like it was like Choi, uh, Violet and Stryker. If San yep. Francisco won were the the three, I would have been completely fine with with getting that award. Um so yeah, they they were just they, they were great. And you even got to see a player like Anz step in and you didn't know that he would have that kind of clutch stage performance. Mm-hmm. And he there was maybe a drop-off. If I'm being honest, I think there was maybe a drop-off in what we saw from Ans in the regular season versus what we saw from him here. And part of that is again the same thing what happened with Sato, right? Where you're now on this stage right. and this weekend. It's you against the best a hundred percent of the right. time. So how do you look as dominant as when you get to play against bad teams in the regular season? It 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 makes a lot of sense. But he he by no means was a a liability or a problem. I thought he you know he performed very well. Um, just another shout out to the coaching staff. Like we can't speak more positively about Coach Krusty than than yep. we do given every opportunity to do so. And I I think he alongside chobin Bin, Bin yeah. just make everything work for this team um and just he keeps the the train running on time everybody on schedule everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing nobody's out of position when they're playing everybody knows the plan they're just so prepared they're so ready for mm-hmm. every single opponent and even when they're not even when they fall behind they get it figured out he's able to communicate the adjustments he wants the team to make and in, in whatever the limitations are it's still not 100 percent clear to me when the coaches can talk to him and when they can't um but i think like even in between maps they have like a some amount of time or they right. can hop on the call or something so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean they're just absolutely 100 what every team should be modeling themselves to oh, be yeah. and let's and start with the coaching staff get that Get that right. Get the right coach there and then let them build the roster they want. Let Mm. them give them the the reins to drive the organization. And that's when you find the players like Ons that can come in and and contribute. That's when you can trade for strikers and things like that 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 they need to do. I mean, so many of these pieces were acquired by Krusty after he got there that it's – his fingerprints are all over everything they do and, and you can't mention the two timers uh, <laughs> without starting the conversation with the coaching staff. So yeah. Big congratulations to them. Um great to see. I'm I'm glad they're the team that I chose randomly flipping a coin last season going into the um grand finals to paint my face and uh go nuts for. Yep. Because yeah, uh they're they're really Paying that back with interest um over these two years, <laughs> so it's it's great to see and yep. um yeah, I mean spoiler for next week, but like moth posted l f t and who knows how long this is yeah last and how long they can keep it together um but they were able to do it for two years, and that's really, really difficult the yeah. the back to back thing when every when you've got a target on your back against every opponent everybody gives you their best because they want to be able to say they upset the San Francisco Shock and mm-hmm. they, they got that win and a win against them really validates you and and your your storyline your narratives your arcs that you're improving yeah. everything you're trying to sell when you beat the defending champions you really yep justify that in most people's minds and and you always get everybody's best so to be able to repeat especially in a team game like this yeah when it's not just a matter of like i'm mechanically the best right Right. because one player dominates in smash brothers or any any one v one game maybe they're just better right right maybe it's just that they're they understand it better right this isn't that um maybe they maybe they are and they do but there's so many other factors that go into it doesn't feel that like way Overwatch, yeah right you know that that it really just speaks to the quality of the coaching and yeah, yeah can't possibly give enough accolades and praise to that organization that coaching staff yeah. and that roster so.
0: yeah absolutely and then again huge congratulations yeah. <laughs> Huge congratulations to the San Francisco shock. I'm sure the, uh, what was it like $1.7 million check that they're going to get cut is also a pretty good, uh, congratulations as well. But DB that's 2020 for you. We did not think that, did you think we were going to be here when the season started? Uh, I don't think anyone did. Um, but we're here,
1: here. Is in watching it at home. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> watching, you know, all that, uh, Seeing San Francisco win again, yeah. I mean, oh, sure, the, sure. They were the preseason favorites. Yeah. I thought we were there. Um, we, we touched briefly on it in the other conversations, but we, and we're not going to go too deep into Sol's Cinderella run here, but um, greatest greatest player of all time in, in Overwatch League. Who do you got?
0: Greatest player of all time? Who's, who's the GOAT? Oh, the goat? it's got to be Prophet. He's number one in everything, basically.
1: Who's the most clutch player of all time?
0: Uh, I mean... I would say Carpe, but you can't be clutch when he's not in the
1: game. Yeah, when you're benched, you're not clutch. What's to me, the answer? It's gesture. It's gesture. Oh like, yeah, like the man's two postseason runs. He he looked like he was head and shoulders the best player on the server at right. all times. Like I don't want to diminish how good Profit looked this weekend, but by comparison to Gesture, to oh me, it yeah, wasn't to I me mean, it was the same close.
0: season one as well.
1: It really was. I thought gesture should have gotten the, the MVP for the postseason as well. He just didn't have, like, the, the flashy play right. and, the, like, the deciding match to, right. to maybe push it over the edge. But, man, when you talk about, like, the difference between somebody like Sato who looks so good through the regular season and then doesn't have what it takes. when you get into the, like who, who would you rather have? Like I, there's so many people would say Sato over gesture to me. It's like, really? No brain. I it has to be the case. I mean, they might all be Philly fans. I don't know, but it, it's <laughs> insane to me that that would even be like That's even question. That's even a question. Yeah. Would question it. It, it. Gesture should be considered like the, if he hits the free agent market, he should be considered the best possible pickup at the position. I don't care who else becomes available. Right. I don't care what the stats say, regular season numbers. Throw it all out because this right. man can take a a five hundred record team and turn them into finalist participants. And right. he just could not have impressed me more. Uh, even if they'd actually won the event, like right. it, it just felt like he did everything possible from his his spot to give his team that W. And it just didn't work out um also props I, I thought Fitz was out of his mind the best we've ever seen him um this weekend as well so i'm very curious to see what Seoul does 12 and 12 or i think that was the record 500 uh win yeah. record or, or win percentage in yeah. the regular season it isn't something you rest on but i think there's very clearly something there for Seoul as well um yeah that they have the right pieces to build around now, right. I'm very curious to see what they do uh, with their roster going into the next year because they could very easily ascend into that tier one mm-hmm. category with what they have, yeah, if they can just get the rest of it together. and um uh, maybe not even like they did this year. I mean, they maybe got a little lucky with a meta that let Jester play roadhog and just be the best right. player and on the weekend or whatever. But um, yeah, like. Maybe they're right not to worry too much about the regular season record and just have the players that are good in this moment, but they were, like, in a regular season with playoff cutoffs instead of everybody makes it in, right? Right, I was going to say,
0: if you don't make it to the playoffs, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so... I don't know. They're, they're going to be a very interesting one to watch throughout the off season. Maybe yeah. one of the most entertaining um, of the teams that isn't going to fire everyone and start over again.
0: Right. So. A- absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, it's really... Because we've seen Seoul has shot themselves in the foot traditionally as an organization time and time again during the regular season. And yes, you can't... They did have the unique opportunity to just turn it up for the playoffs and the grand finals. But like, if you're not, again, if you're not there, it doesn't matter. So very interesting to see, but death, this is the end of the 2020 season. We're moving into the off season, but it has been a banger considering all that has happened with COVID and the changes and all that stuff. I mean, yes, it was rough at times. And I got to say, you know, Hats off, even though I'm not, I'm literally not going to take my hat off. Hats off to the league. Hats off to the teams and everyone that participated. Hats off to you as the listeners and fans who tuned in and uh, stuck through it in this uh, crazy time. Because, I mean, they could have shut it down. They could have, you know, done what a lot of traditional sports did and said, hey, we're not going to have a season. I mean, it would have been a at least a somewhat reasonable... Uh, you can't really blame anyone for not wanting to put on something like this when we're in a literally a global pandemic, but they did. So hats 0% off to
1: them. infection rate. As far as I know of all their players, all the staff. Yeah. haven't haven't heard of a single player getting right. sick or contracting it, yep. which is great. my football teams landing in Nashville to play against a team of 22 positive players yep. um, tomorrow. So I'm stressing out about that, but yep. that was a problem that listen, the it. Wasn't perfect. And we said it the whole way, the whole time going yep. into it. Uh, There was no right answer. There was a lot of wrong answers. Yeah. Um, We we got as close to a right answer as I think we could have. I'm Uh, I'm really happy with the way everything, everything played out from top to bottom. Um, Yeah. So looking forward to next year.
0: Yeah. So again, huge shout outs to everyone involved with the league and the teams. And again, we've been critical at all the times that I think are are, um, proper and relevant. I mean, there's no sense in sugarcoating things, but there's also no sense in bashing when credit, you know, give. let's give credit where credit is due and, and huge shout outs to the league for putting it on and, and making the best of a bad situation. But death, that is going to be it for the 2020 season of Overwatch League. We are going to be continuing our offseason coverage. If you have any ideas for what you'd like to see, I mean, we've got some ideas for some stuff, but if you have any ideas of what you want to see, head over to the discord discord.me slash high noon podcast and let us know. No, you can find us everywhere. High Noon Podcast, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all that good stuff. High Noon Podcast. But, uh, Death, where can people find you when you're not here and not in the Discord?
1: Um, I'm probably doing football stuff lately. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash deathblowttv. That's also the Twitch, um, I've been making uh, buffalo bills specific youtube stuff for a little while now so i'm really not streaming very much um but i don't think i can make a video this week with us playing on tuesday so maybe i get something in this week i don't know it's it's that on twitch too Deathblow yeah. ttv uh follow me there uh and then, let's be honest i'm always on discord You'll <laughs> never you'll never see my icon look like i'm online right but so you're always there. And there's times I'm sleeping, um, but, yeah, yeah, my my response time there. If you need me, Discord. Yeah.
0: There. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Blevins. But that is going to be it. Thank you, everyone, again, for listening and supporting us during the season. But for Deathblow, I'm Blevins. And remember, the last time in the 2020 Overwatch League season, it's happening.